So I'd like to share a story with you, and it's from one of my favorite teachers. Her name is Tara Brock. Some of you might know her. This story happens a number of years ago on Christmas Day, and it's about a woman and her husband and their two kids, age six and roughly one, a little older than one. And they were experiencing, uh, let's say, less than an optimal Christmas. Long drive to where they were trying to get. Kids got cranky. Everyone got hungry. There was traffic. And so even before they were uh, arriving at the place that they were supposed to get to, they decided, you know, we got to stop and eat. And so they found an out-of-the-way diner. And middle of the afternoon, there weren't many people there. They found their seats. They found a booth, sat down, ordered food. And, okay, the day's getting a little bit easier, they thought. But then something surprising happened. Their one-year-old, in his high chair, started saying, Hi there! Hi there! Hi there! Hi there! And the person who he was saying it to was an old man in a corner booth near the exit. And this man looked like maybe he hadn't showered in a week or two or three. His clothes were kind of torn and frayed. He was bedraggled. Maybe he was homeless. They wondered, you know, maybe he was a drunk. Because back to their one-year-old, it's a one-year-old, it's excusable, right? He was saying, hi there, hi there, I see you, hi there. And this went on and on and on for a while. And the family started to kind of, you know, felt dismay a little embarrassment. One-year-old didn't care, kept talking to their new friend. At one point, they saw that their one-year-old was playing patty cake. And he said, for all the restaurant to hear, do you know how to play patty cake? And he returned it right back to the one-year-old. Do you know how to play peekaboo? <laughs> peekaboo, I see you. There you are. You disappeared. I see you again. Hey, you're still all out there. Back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. The parents really started to get embarrassed. The six-year-old older sibling rolled their eyes like this was really getting to be too much. So uh, mom even took the high chair the baby was sitting in and, and turned it so he wouldn't be in line of sight of the old disheveled man who was probably a drunk in the corner. Baby wasn't having any of this, let out a huge squall and craned its neck around so it was still maintaining line of sight, this new friend. Finally, they finished their meals as quickly as they could. Dad got out, six-year-old got out, mom bundled up the baby, and knowing they'd have to pass by, the old disheveled man kind of turned herself away from him, the old man in the corner booth who looked like he hadn't showered. Except, and if you know toddlers, you know they like to do this, the toddler, when they passed by his new friend, immediately stuck its arms out, saying, hug, hug. And the woman stopped for a moment and looked at the old man, who said nothing, but whose eyes were speaking this question. Would it be okay? If I held your baby? And even before the woman had a chance to say no, (laughs) 
the toddler with its great strong pudgy little legs launched itself against mom's stomach and into the arms of the old disheveled man in the corner booth. Immediately, the baby rested its head on the old disheveled man's shoulder in a scene of such wonderful tenderness. And mom could see that tears were starting to form on the lashes of this old man and starting to roll down his old weathered face. After a few more minutes of this, he reluctantly, but with great kindness and great care, offered the baby back to the baby's mother. And he said, with great intention, almost sternly, you take care of this baby, please. And then he started to cry a little bit more. And he said, I thank God for you because you gave me my Christmas present today. And with that, the mom's mood totally shifted, but she still hustled out there. She mumbled some words of gratitude, but she left with this thought, almost more of a prayer. God, forgive me for overlooking this life that was so capable and is so capable of love and connection and relationship. So I mentioned at the start of this message, uh, Tara Brock was the person who I heard this story from. And she first heard it in a place almost exactly like where you are now. It was actually in a UU congregation a number of years ago, hearing it from a minister on Christmas Eve. And Tara began to recognize, you know, that kind of like right now, there was a lot of stillness in the room. And this was really a sacred story. And she recognized the person sitting next to her. It was her friend's teenage son, Paul. Tara had seen Paul grow up for years, remembering him as a happy, bubbly little baby, an outgoing, exuberant kid. And then this thing happened to Paul called becoming a teenager. And he wasn't so bubbly and he wasn't so exuberant anymore. He dyed his hair pitch black. He got piercings every place he could find to pierce. He became sullen. He became withdrawn. But Tara saw something really incredible. That Paul, the sullen teen, was sitting there sobbing. And she gently put her hand on Paul's knee. And Paul leaned in and said, I'm that old guy. I'm that person who no one wants to pay attention to or no one wants to like. I'm that person. And Tara recognized inside of herself that she was just like the mom in the story. That Paul wasn't cute anymore. He wasn't easy to be around anymore. And she, who had known him since his birth, was distancing herself from him. And so she made a vow for the time of candlelighting as we're about to do in just a few minutes. She said, please, may I remember 
may all of us remember the light that shines in each and every one of us. May we love one another. This, for me, is the inner and undying meaning of what Christmas is about. It is about that ancient universalist proclamation as real and alive as it was thousands of years ago. That there is a love so special that we don't have to be special at all to be loved. We trust that love when we look more deeply. When we see the light in each other beyond our images and beyond our projections and beyond the fronts that we put up. We know that special love when we allow ourselves to see that although the light is different, it has to be gloriously different as it shines through each and every one of our lives. That it is ultimately all the same light. It is one light. And we all shine. Amen. May you live in blessing, my friends. And I wish you a Merry Christmas. Would you pray with me? Divine light, limitless, timeless, that takes on magically, mysteriously the form of each and every one of our lives. May we remember on this holy and sacred night that our Lives can give birth to light once again. That our lives are bearers of a torch, the same torch, the same flame that animated the stars and the cosmos and everything and everyone. And because of this preciousness of our birth and every birth, our lives now get to bear forth this light. To be alive this night, to be alive all nights and all days is something precious, something magical. May the light shine through our lives. Amen. We're about to light these candles here, so I'm going to ask us to kill the spotlights there and turn down the lights on the side and overhead. And we're going to pass this light amongst ourselves as a reminder of the light that we already are and the light that each of us holds. And so I'm going to ask you, please rise in body or in spirit, please rise as you are able and join with the band.
Treasure your light, my friends. Treasure the light of all of the lights around you. Whether your light is a bold light or a quiet light, a loud light or a whispering light, a light that is dim or a light that illuminates the land. Treasure your light, my friends. And may we remember that we all shine on. Merry Christmas. The band is going to take us through one more time instrumentally. You can stand with your candles, with your glow sticks, whatever you have.